0: Thanks for listening to First Baptist Church of Conway. We pray that this message is both an encouragement and a challenge to you as you grow in faith in Jesus. We are happy to provide this resource to you, but as you know, this alone cannot meet the need we all have for fellowship and corporate worship. So we hope you'll be able to join us this Sunday at 10 a.m. Or if you're not in the area, give us a call and we'll do our best to help you find a good church to visit. For now, here is this week's message. Well, good morning. Good morning. Can you believe it was only a week ago it was Christmas? Don't it feel like a month ago? Yeah, I can't believe it was just a week. Well, I'm glad to be here with you this morning. to start to the new year, 2023. Today is a special day. It's a different kind of day, right? If it's your first time here, maybe you haven't been here in a while and you're starting a new year off right at church, we're excited for you. Just know today's a little different because today we are ordaining nine deacons this morning. And it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty awesome to see new leaders stepping up to bring energy and excitement to First Baptist Church. And I believe that 2023 is gonna be a, a great year. My hopes for our church this year, 2023, is that we're prayerfully dependent upon the Lord. I pray that we seek his guidance and humility in a posture of, of learning. We're gonna take the year to just really seek the Lord, seek what he has for us as a church learn together. We have a lot of new deacons coming on board so take this time to just learn and pray and seek God's guidance. Because as you know, the past couple of years have been interesting to say the least. We're all, especially 2022 was really just trying to bring stability back. We're trying to figure out, are we going to have church every week? Are we going to be shutting down again? What does that look like? But I feel like coming out of 2022 into 23, we have some good stability. We have new leaders coming on board. So it's a great time to just be prayerfully dependent, seeking the Lord's direction, guidance, and will for our church. But one thing for sure is we want to continue and continue to build a leadership culture here at First Baptist Church. In order to carry out a plan, and in order to plan, we need leaders who are agreeing to take responsibility and ownership to make things happen in a church. And today, the sermon's very simple. We're just gonna take a quick overview of a biblical understanding of ministry leadership, we're gonna talk about pastors and deacon uh, before we ordained nine new deacons this morning. If you have your Bible with you, you could turn to the book of Acts. We're going to look at Acts chapter 6. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay, although you are in church, all right? We have uh, the Bible right back here for those of you guys, okay? Here it is. Acts uh, chapter 6, excuse me, Acts chapter 6, we're going to start, but here's what's going on. The book of Acts is all about what the apostles, what the disciples, what the Jesus followers did after Jesus ascended. He died on the cross, rose from the grave, ascended back to heaven. This is a historical account of the things they did in the beginning of the church. And right from the start, well, at least six chapters in, we see they're introduced to this problem. There was an issue going on in the church, and we see some organizational elements being put in place because of that. Acts chapter 6, verse 1 says, But as the believers rapidly multiplied, right? Because remember, Jesus told them to make and mature disciples. So as they continued to do that, and the disciples multiplied themselves into other disciples, there were rumblings of discontent. Can you believe that would happen in a church? Rumblings of I cannot believe that happened. I mean, can you? Oh well. It says the Greek-speaking believers complained that the Hebrew-speaking believers, about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the church was growing, and as the church grows, you had cultural problems and issues. Two groups of people were divided on how their people were being taken care of, so they took it to the apostles. They took it to the leaders said, hey, you got to do something about this. Verse three, verse two, it says, so the 12, that's the apostles, called the meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom, and we will give them this, say it with me, responsibility, right, they handed it off. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and the teaching of the word. And so this is very simple. There was a problem that needed to be addressed. And so the apostles said, look, we can't do it all. We need other people to step up because they realize the importance of the spiritual elements of teaching, preaching, and prayer. And of course, this would go along with meeting with people, sharing their faith, those kind of things. But notice the importance of teaching and prayer. Notice it wasn't something that the pastors or the elders or the leadership should do on their spare time when they're not running around doing everything else. The priority of hearing from God, the priority of spending time in his word and talking with him, building that relationship up, wasn't something they did when they had nothing else to do. It was the primary responsibility of the leaders, And so they realized their time wasn't best used running food programs or doing organizational elements. They realized their best use of their time was focusing on God, hearing from God, telling other peoples about him. So they realized that hey, what we can do best is teach, preach, pray. Somebody else can run a food program. And it's not that they didn't think the other people were important. It's not that they didn't think the widows were important enough for them to spend their time with. They just realized they can't do everything. They said, so we're going to do what we can do best. And we're going to hand off what other people can do best. And we're going to split up these responsibilities. And so they looked for people who were full of the spirit and wisdom. And how did the church receive this idea? It tells us, it says, everyone liked this idea. They were pleased. They were like, hey, that's a great idea. Let's divide this up. And so they chose seven people. And it says, these seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to pray over and lay our hands on the new leaders who are stepping up and taking ownership and responsibility here at First Baptist Church. But the division of labor pleased everyone. Instead of getting upset that the apostles or the elders couldn't do all things for all people at all times, they said, no, no, let's let other people step up, take responsibility and ownership, we'll pass it off to them. And so when there was a problem or a need, they multiplied their efforts by raising up new leaders. The apostles continued to do what they could do best, and then the other leaders stepped up and did what they could do best. And what happened when this happened? Verse seven, and the message, and so God's message continued to spread, and the numbers of believers greatly did what? Increased. increased. That's what's important. It increased. The church actually grew. When the church delegated responsibilities, it grew. The problems that were created in the church didn't hamper the church, it actually grew the church. All conflict can be an opportunity for others to step up and lead. All conflict, and you should know well enough, especially if you've talked to me you said, Brian, I got this great idea that I think you should do. I love it when people do that. You know what happens? I listen, and I say, I cannot believe God is calling you to do that ministry right now. Had a guy call me the other day, said I got this great idea. I said, hey, I think God's leading you to do it. Step up, because that's what it is. I believe I talk to God and I hear from him just fine. And I believe sometimes when God's talking to you, you hear from him and you think it's for me, but who's it actually for? You. It's amazing how that works. Yeah, but see, the church, here's what's different. The delegation of leadership allows the gospel to spread. And the church operates, and this is very important, the church operates very differently than any other organization in the world. There is no group who should sit idle and prescribe work for other people to do. The church is the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, the Lord of all who came and served us, washed feet, hung on a cross. His model of leadership wasn't sitting back pointing for other people to do. His model of leadership was getting out there and doing it, and therefore we do the same things. And while this passage doesn't um, talk about it and mention specific titles, we see, right, and this is what I want to talk about, this clear division of labor. We see some who are responsible for the physical aspects, that is the daily distribution, that is dealing with the people, dealing with some ministry things, and then we see the spiritual elements, which can often ne- get neglected because of the physical elements, right? How often are you very busy, and so you don't have time to do What? Well, I didn't have time to pray read my Bible this morning because I was busy checking my email. Right, The spiritual can over, get overlooked so easily because of the physical. You know that in your own life. Well, the same is true with the church. The spiritual aspects can be overlooked if we're always busy doing the physical, the organizational, this, 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 and this. That's why the division of labor exists. Some took care of this. Others focused on this. And what we see in the New Testament is this division of labor ended up um, becoming into two distinct groups in the local church. It evolved into the elders and the deacons. Look at how Paul addresses the church in Philippi. Scholars tend to think this letter was written between 50 AD and 60 AD. So this is only 20 or 30 years after Jesus, meaning some of the original apostles would have still been alive. Look at how he talks to them. Philippians 1.1 says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people. There's one group in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers, there's another group, and the deacons, right, the third group. So here, Paul is addressing the entire church body collectively, all who are in Christ, the saints, the whole group. And then he identifies two specific groups within them, the overseers and the deacons. Now, in the New Testament, there are three words that are used interchangeably to talk about what we call today the role of a pastor. The three words that are used interchangeably are um, overseer, some of your translations say bishop, elder, and pastor, the noun pastor, which is what we talk about all the time, referring to church leadership, is literally. Uh, excuse me, the word literally means shepherd, which of course is a metaphor describing you know the the actions they do because back then shepherds were so common in Palestinian times, and so more often than not, it's used as a verb describing to shepherd to do this the actions of the leaders. More commonly, the word elder or overseer is used, but they're used interchangeably. Look, Acts 20, 17 says this. Paul called people together. He knew he was leaving, wouldn't see this group ever again. It says, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. So he's gonna bring them together, say, hey, I'm saying goodbye, I'm going to Jerusalem, I'm never gonna see you again. So he leaves them with his final words and here's what he tells this group who are the elders. He, see, he says, keep watch over yourselves and the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you what? Overseers, there's that word, bishop, overseers, be shepherds of the church of God which he bought with his own blood. So Paul calls the elders together, and he tells them to shepherd or to pastor the flock because they were the overseers or bishop of, excuse me, made by the Holy Spirit. So overseeing is what the elders do, and shepherding is what the elders do as well. Peter says something very similar. First Peter, look at what he says. He says, to the elders among you. I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's suffering who is also sharing the glory to be revealed. Be what? Shepherds, right? Be pastors of God's flock that is under your care, watching over over them, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. So even though Peter's an apostle, he's still saying, hey, I'm an elder. I'm this leadership in the church. So elder is the primary word used in the Bible describing this office, this church leadership that's told to pastor, shepherd, and oversee. But the word is used interchangeably throughout the New Testament. And while we're most familiar with pastor, it's only used as a noun how many times in the Bible? Once. It's only used once in Ephesians, we'll look at it. It's only the noun, like the the office pastor or shepherd is only used one time as a noun. But the word elder is used 39 times referring to church leadership. Overseers used five times referring to church leadership and one time of Jesus. So getting back to the New Testament, we see this idea of pastor, elder, and overseer. It's the same idea describing what these people do. These are the spiritual leaders of the church who must spend their time in prayer, who must spend their time seeking the Lord and reading his word and teaching the scriptures. But along with this, we see they're also supposed to be equipping people for ministry. When Paul does use it as a noun, here's what he says. He says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers. Here it is. To equip his people For works of service, so the body of Christ may be built up. Again, the church is very different than any other organization in the world. One key duty, the biblical job description of a pastor, is to actually equip and hand off ministry to other people. And this gets confusing in in all churches because outside organizations, they look at their employees as the one we give directions to. Whether the employees carry out the will of the management or the corporation or the owner of the business, it's like, hey, we give you work to do. But in the church, the pastor's role is to preach, to teach, to prayer, and then hand off, right, train other people to carry out ministry. In other words, if the pastor's doing all the work, the pastor has failed at being a pastor, we are failing to use pastors correctly if we expect them to do it all. If they're just hired hands that need to go do the work for us. So in other words, when someone tells me that they're volunteering or what they're doing or how much time they spent, the first thing that comes to my mind is praise God. I'm doing my job. They've put all this time and effort, and they're doing what they're supposed to. That is a great thing because biblically, division of labor, whether this is your church or another church you're visiting, I'm just letting you know, division of labor is how the church grows. It's not supposed to be all about one person or a couple of people to do everything, and this is exactly what we see in the book of Acts, and remember this. It says, and because of the division of labor, the word of God Spread And folks, that's what we're here to do. Spread the good news of Jesus Christ. We can do far more if we multiply our efforts and our leaders. And the ones who choose to step up then, as the the pastors and the shepherds, the overseers are taking care of what they need to, the ones who step up and lead the charge in ministries are the deacons. Who have a big role in supporting the ministries of the church, supporting the pastors, so we can focus on what we know God is calling us to do. So, to transition, we got a good overview of what a pastor, elder, or overseer is supposed to do. Now, let's turn our attention to deacon. The word deacon literally means what? Right, servant, it means servant. It's, that's what it means, and that's the title that it's become, but the word deacon means like table waiter or servant. They are to be the doers in the ministries of the church, and what they do, of course, will change from church to church and ministry season, depending on what's going on. They aren't prescribed a certain task, but what we see in Acts chapter six is they are the ones who step up and take care of things that need to be done in the church. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, we see Paul actually lay out the qualifications for elders, lay out the qualification for deacons. And the main difference between the two lists is as an elder, an overseer, it has to be able to teach God's word. Like That's a mandatory qualification. They have to be able to teach. Where deacon doesn't have to teach. But they have to rather have a solid understanding of the faith, meaning they can't be new converts. They got to know Jesus, they got to know the Orthodox faith. And so they have to be solid. But both biblically, pastors and deacons are servants of the church. How they function is very different. Elders are the spiritual leaders because of the qualification list and the ability to teach. Deacons are the ones who step up and say, hey, we got it covered. What does the church need done? We're going to lead it. We're going to take responsibility for it. We're going to use our time, talents, and treasures for the glory of God. That's how the word of God spreads. That's how the church multiplies its effort with the multiplication of leadership. Now, here at our church, at First Baptist, we have three primary leadership groups We have the pastors, the deacons, and the board of administrators. And this is still fairly new at First Baptist. We just started this 2022, so we're just going to go over it really quickly for 2023. In the past, and maybe some of the churches you've attended, the deacons were both the corporate board and the ministry leaders. And when that happens, you get one group together responsible for all of that. As you can imagine, it's just too much for one group to give their full attention to all of that. So we divided it up, and we have really three groups now. We have the board of administrators, which do the heavy lifting in administration. They are to carry out the business function. Think budgets, buildings, and policies. Right, we live in a world more complex than they did 2,000 years ago. And if you were to read our bylaws, which I know all of you have, it makes for good reading material, doesn't it? You sit on the couch, read the bylaws? Everybody's like, absolutely not. Never read them. I'm okay with that. But you will see that the administrative functions fall under this group. But importantly, the administrators all have to be deacons first. They have to be doers. They have to be people who are leaders who have served the church well, and then they carry over into those administrative functions. But they are the administrators doers of the church. They do this so then the pastors can fulfill their biblical role of being the spiritual leaders, focusing on prayer, preaching, teaching God's word, developing people for ministry. And then we have our deacons, which now carry the load of ministry leadership. No longer, and most of them say, praise God, no longer focusing on budgets and buildings. They get together and just talk about ministry Hey, what are we doing? What do we need to start? How does this work? Their needs, of course, change over time, develop depending on what we want to start or what's new. But the deacons just focus on ministry. And never forget that these three groups, the whole point of them, never forget this church, is to come together so we cooperately, cooperately can make and mature followers of Jesus Christ. The purpose of the church, the mission of the church remains the same. We are trying to make and mature followers of Jesus Christ. And you say, okay, thanks Brian, great. I'm glad we went over leadership for 2023, but what does that have to do with me? What does that have to do with the individual person who's not one of those leaders and I'm I'm just here? How does this apply? I'm glad you asked. Because at the end of Hebrews, he tells us what to do with this kind of information. The writer of Hebrews says this. says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. That bothers all of us, doesn't it? You're a Baptist, so I know it bothers you. Submit to your authority. It's like, oof. Because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work may be a what? I can't tell you how many deacons I know that did not feel like it was a joy being a deacon. I'm not going to say pastors. Pastors never feel that way. But anyways, a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. In order for leadership to work, we have to trust the leaders we've elected and affirmed. We do this, we, we put our trust, we go through all those things that put names out there, voting on it, having you pray over it, look at the qualifications. We do all this to affirm the trust of the congregation so they can do their job, so they can serve joyfully and not feel burdened because working for the Lord, carrying out the Lord's work should be joyful. Doesn't mean it won't be hard but it should be joyful, it should be exciting that you are taking part in helping the kingdom of God spread. Like that is an amazing opportunity, that's an amazing thing to be elected by a church to be a part of leading that to happen. And so as we ordain this new group of deacons, I ask you to pray for them, ask you to respect their leadership that you've affirmed and placed your trust in them as they do their best to glorify God and all that they do and help push our church forward of reaching people for Jesus Christ and making and maturing disciples of Jesus.